F the Cowboys, F all the rest of the East, but, you know, go Birds. Hello and welcome to another episode of Next Man Up. And it's another winning podcast, baby. We are 8-0. The Philadelphia Eagles are 8-0 undefeated after a 29-17 win against the Houston Texans. For the first time in franchise history, we are 8-0. And what a good feeling it is. It's not Monday. It's Wednesday. So we've already had our feel-good Monday. It's a long bye week. We played on the Thursday night. We have to wait the entire time until Monday night when we, when we welcome the Washington Commanders to the Lincoln Financial Fields without Carson Wentz. But Mick, talk to me about this long buy, man. It's, whew, it feels like an age since we've seen them and an age since till we're going to see them. I know. We're just off our, our actual buy and then, you know, we go and smash the Steelers. Then we're straight on a short week. So it's all sort of flying straight out the traps after the, the actual bye week. And then it's just another bye week. Um, it was good to watch the games, though, this weekend, I think, on, on Sunday. Took in red zone, had a laugh with the guys on the chat, had a few drinks, didn't have to worry about the Eagles, you know, possibly blowing the the the, the undefeated streak that we're on just now. Um I'll worry about that next next Monday instead. <laughs> it feels but, like when you're when you're watching the Eagles, we obviously have to watch every single Eagles live and we would never have it any other way. it does affect our fantasy teams a little bit, I feel. It certainly does mine with the amount of them I have, because I don't get as much time to watch all the rest of the teams in the NFL. So as you say, it's quite nice to get a little bit of time to watch you know, Damian Pierce truck through uh, everyone. Well, not so much against us, but, um, you know, some of the other Walker, the Seattle Seahawks, they're running back, doing really well at the moment. Uh, Patterson back for the Falcons. I think he won the angry runs this week, Scepter again. Although, did you notice that Miles Sanders was up for the angry runs this week? Um, it was him and Patterson and, and one other person. I, I cannot remember who the other person was. I felt like Miles could have got it. He took on three, four players on that play. Um, I'm sure yeah. we're going to talk about that in a little bit in our good, the band, the damn right sexy. Uh, but Phil, how are you, sir? Uh, it's been a, another, another tough week with a newborn baby and work and everything, but you're, you're ready to talk some ball, talk some birds? Yeah, I can't remember the last time I had any free time whatsoever. What is free time these days? And I managed to play managed to play football for for an hour tonight, and um, <laughs> that's the thing. I spent the only bit of free time I've ever got like knackering myself out. It's like kind of a bit counterproductive, but but no, um, just it made it. the waistline then as well, Phil. You know, no, I just well no, because you just you just cram food into your mouth every time, and you don't actually probably keep track of it. I've had probably like three sandwiches from a shop today. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Just every time. Anyway, I'm... <laughs> is, is Bodie only solid for you? Hey, I'm, I'm used to going around to Phil's and Phil coming back from the local butcher shop, slacking, slapping some steaks on the barbecue, nice bottles of red wine, cider from the local uh, cider factory that he's got he's got down there. You know, is, 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 is the new norm? Am I going to be expecting a you know a little meal deal when I come next time, Phil? Yeah, Tesco's meal deal. <laughs> um, no, I, I always pull out the big guns for you guys. If you ever come down, Mick, That's you true. get the same treatment. I wouldn't, wouldn't ever dream of it. You know, you got to show off, haven't you? But now, when, when, when all the, when all the, uh, the props and the curtains were closed. Um, it's back to eating tins of beans and back jacket potatoes and everyone else. <laughs> oh, that actually it reminds me of me. When I was at university and I was skinned, 
literally skinned because I spunked my entire first student loan uh, on booze in Freshers Week. I even got a um, tax refund going into Freshers Week and that went as well. Nine P noodles in Sainsbury's is what I used to live on. So whatever was in the cupboard, whether it was like beans, some potato waffles, they all went in a bowl with nine P noodles from Sainsbury's with little curry sachets to come with. What about you guys? What did you? What were your university or young youth um, treats and tricks when you were around? You know, twenty to eat like in the house. <laughs> a rotisserie chicken. <laughs> rotisserie chicken. Oh my god, this is so apt. Have you? I seen know. The yeah, yeah. I know. That's what was making me laugh. Go on, um, tell everyone about the video. Well, the guy who ate a rotisserie chicken every day for 30 40, days? 40 days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it did, like, I think it did strike home. It sort of gave me a bit of chicken PTSD. I was. We did of... not plan this part of the podcast, by the way. This is completely per chance. <laughs> and um, <laughs> no, because I used to, yeah, I used to sort of walk uh, walk down to the bus stop and there was a Tesco's on the way. And I'm just like, I fucking love a rotisserie chicken. Nice. Um, a whole one? Yeah. I'm not necessarily <laughs> eat it all, but it'd be like, I'd literally just finish college and I'd get on the bus with a rotisserie chicken in a bag. <laughs> just go home. Skin and all yeah just fucking eat bits of it the dogs would get some as well um uh, mine um, um but yeah it's weird shit really that we feel a bit, bit embarrassed now for admitting that oh, I, don't, I, mean, oh, well, I mean i mean i could tell you about i could spend 10 minutes telling you about the embarrassing stuff that i've eaten in my life so um we'll let your minds wander on that that, that, that and jars of marmite it does oh jars yeah. of marmite. yeah i'll freely admit have you ever that. tried to put the two together like rotisserie chicken and a jar of marmite i reckon that would be a good like a basting thing <sighs> well i reckon you could cook that bad boy in the oven for a while my mm. anyway mick <laughs> before we go on any any food you want to shout out that you ate as a young not anymore after hearing about chicken and marmite. This one's <laughs> horrible, man. You go near that. Um, but well, usually I'm I'm a bit of a banner. I'll eat pretty much anything. Yeah. The problem is with me is like preparing food for the kids, and it's just such a far bastard thing on myself to do. And I always like if I'm making something for them, I'll end up making extra, and I'll have a little oh, bit yeah. of it. You know. Oh, yeah. So I'm I'm eating like multiple meals per day because. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I give them something, I'm having a little bit. <laughs> a little yeah, bit. We're, 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 like, we're like that with the chicken and the, and the ham and stuff. Do the way around with the cats. They seem to get more of it than we do when we start making the sandwich. Anyway, let's get into some football. Let's talk about the Texans win. Hey, you know, as I mentioned, the good, the bad, and the damn rad sexy. Let's get straight to it. We're going to start this week off on the good side after having started on the bad for the last few weeks. And I'm going to go straight into a guy who just mentioned, and that is Miles Sanders. 1,400 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns he is on track for this year. Uh, he obviously has around half that so far. Um, Mick, take us away. Miles Sanders, another impressive performance, another healthy performance, continues to impress in fill his contract year. <laughs> yeah, but he had seven, 17 carries, 93 yards, a touchdown to boot. Um, He's been impressive in the running game this year. He said, uh, we've spoken multiple podcasts already about uh, if he's playing his contract, if he's not playing his contract, and we've had the argument whether or not that's true. I don't like going over old ground with it. It's just that let's, let's just enjoy what Miles Sanders is doing for us just now, and, and that is that he's running hard. He said he was featured on Angry Runs this week. I've seen a slight bit of it. I've seen a clip of it on YouTube, uh, not YouTube, um, Twitter. I think Kyle Brandt was wearing like Lederhosen. I think well, they're in, Ger- they're in Germany yeah, at the moment. They're in music. Know, for, That's yeah. ridiculous. That's such an American thing to do, isn't it? 
apparently that was a, apparently apparently that was a royal um like, garden area as well. Not that they were not that they were trespassing, but it was a, a royal like kind of grounds. Um, really, I thought it was probably like Marion Platz or something like that. Maybe I'm wrong. I've been to Berlin. I've not been to Munich. I thought I saw someone, someone mention it on there. I know it could be. It could be. Yeah. Like I said, it's almost a, a small it's pub, pub, but, public but. place, but like I think a place of uh, importance as well. Um, yeah, shouting through. He was a bit ridiculous, wasn't he? Let's be honest. I know we're talking about the Eagles here, but you, you just see him treading <laughs> off, like screaming through the air. He's, it's, too, it's a bit too much for me. It's, 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 over, it's too far over the top. <laughs> I know it's, it's supposed to be like that, you know, and he's getting hyped up and. So that's the whole point of the segment, but it's, uh, it's just a bit too much for me. But... How many cups of coffee does Carl Brandt have before a segment? <laughs> <laughs> How many glasses of whiskey does Mike have on a podcast? Well, Answers I mean... on a postcard. <laughs> Some, <laughs> someone can win a t-shirt. <laughs> someone can win a t-shirt. Here that's definitely go. our next giveaway idea. <laughs> oh, oh, God. No, but, but just go, the predictions. We should add it to the predictions list <laughs> every week. How many... <laughs> How many whiskeys does Mick have during the Eagles game? <laughs> oh God, love it. He be the tie. We can be the tiebreaker. Of, um, <laughs> what time did Mick say get the whiskey? Yeah, exactly. That's it. Uh, that's, oh, that's that's pre-game. Shows you how good the game is is going for us. Is when I say, "Oh, let's get the whiskey." Let's get the whiskey. Um, out. Um, you, you, you also um, six rushing touchdowns through the first eight games. Um, the season. Um, that hasn't happened for running back since LaShawn McCoy in 2011. So, seriously impressive stats. I mean, you mentioned we, we should just enjoy the Miles Sanders run, pun not intended, um, and we should enjoy everything that's going on around him while he's healthy, and that we should just forget about the fact he's in contract here. I find that hard to do. I'm not saying we need to touch on it again in this podcast. We, we touched on it a lot, but I think it's something we're going to have to speak more about as we get closer towards the end of the season because it's going to be a big decision for the Eagles in the offseason. Now, you can make the argument, let's just worry about that after the season's ended and see what happens, and, you know, that's fair as well. But uh, bringing it across to you, Phil, I uh, want you to touch on... Actually, let's just think quick, 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 quick opinion there on Miles Sanders because you, we've talked about him personally quite a lot between me and you. Well... It is because it's in the contract. Yeah. Um, no. Nah. Um, I know we've had a bit of a, a back and forth about whether that means something. I'm for one, if this is what it takes for him to play well, then yeah, I'm glad it's his contract year. And he's this is the best performance I feel like I've seen Mark Sanders have in a very, very, very long while. Um, complete performance and that stiff arm uh, against Stingley. Was Stingley with it, I think. Um, either way, it was okay. It just felt that just felt different. It felt like he was just he was on one. He was a man on a mission to 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 ram it down their throat, and 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 that's what I feel like he's been missing. Maybe in the first um, few games of the season, he was getting the yards, he was getting you know chomping down the field a little bit, but that really felt like the game plan was they've got the thirty second rush defense or thirty first rush defense, whichever one it was. Um, so the game plan was obviously going to be to try and run 30 it more. Second, yeah, yeah, it was it was going to be to run it more and. Um, and they used Miles Sanders, maybe not enough, but then I think when you compare it to the Texans and and the did he break the record for rushing attempts in a game? Seventeen against the Texans. <clears throat> um, uh, no, Stone, no. So, so, so Pierce, sorry. I mean, um, oh, right. compare it to Pierce. Sorry, um, the fact that obviously they had so many wide receivers out and. Pierce was clearly their only weapon. Twenty-seven they, attempts for one hundred thirty-nine yards. Ridiculous amount of yeah. rushing attempts in a game. Um, 
in comparison, that didn't seem an awful lot, but 17 carries, 93 yards for a touchdown. I just felt like... Really big for Sanders, though, as well, Phil, if you think about it, because, I mean, there's certainly last year or the year before, how many games were we seeing? Well, Sanders got like seven, eight, nine touches of the ball. He was getting the he was getting the yards last year. He just wasn't getting the touchdown. So we got the first touchdown. I think that late that sort of probably settled him down a bit. And then it was just um, just doing his job. But it, it just felt a little bit different. There was some something different about how he was how he was running the ball. Um, and and just yeah, like I said, one of the best performances I've, I've seen. And the fact that he's on track for fourteen hundred rushing yards is quite startling, really. Like um, it does unfortunately pose that question about whether he does get this contract because. You know, the Eagle, clearly based on how his performance, if you look at this season so far, then yeah, clearly you want to keep him around. But we know he can get injured, and it's it just for me, it just always feels like he's we'd give him the contract, and it would be he'd get injured the next game. I just feel like that's the luck that we get in this situation. Um, so it's interesting, Mick. Uh, Mick said we don't need to talk about the contract here, and I, you know, kind of kind of switched it around. Let's talk about the contract. <laughs> Yeah, interesting you, the one. You suck a <laughs> interesting the one to watch over the next few weeks. But uh, Miles, keep doing what you're doing, baby. Uh, makes me happy because I've got uh, two jerseys with your name on it. Uh, one that I won and one sorry, one that I bought and one that I got an auction. So uh, let's go, Bobby. Run, Bobby, run. Uh, all right, cool. So uh, just touching on a few things on the turnover side of the ball. Eagles have 18 turnovers this year, 12 interceptions, six um, fumble recoveries. As the best in the NFL this year, uh, and also we only have three giveaways. That's also the league's best. So the differential we've talked about week after week so far, and everyone in the media is talking about that they're talking about in the press conferences. Sirianni and Gannon were asked yesterday and the day before, "Is this sustainable?" The general consensus is it's not luck. We're planning for these. We prep for these. We train for these. The players talk about training to strip the ball away all day. Hertz is keeping the ball more secure, not making bad decisions. Touch on Shagger Johnson, another shout out to Shagger, another interception, his fifth of the season so far. That is the league high. Look at that. Look at those stats there for a second. 18 turnovers, um, uh, best in the NFL. Only three giveaways, best in the NFL. Shagger Johnson, fifth interception of the year, league high in the NFL. Then you're looking at Slay, you're looking at Bradbury, you're looking at the sacks that we've been turning over. What an incredible performance it is from Jonathan Gannon, Phil. I mean, the the the, the, the stat that's come out of that for me, and I've heard a lot this week, a couple of times, um, the gap between us and the team, the turnover differentials, the gap between us and the team that's in second, I think, was it the Vikings or something, um, is as big as the gap from second to like seventh or eighth on that list. It's It's just a... It's just a stark sort of clarification of exactly how good the Eagles' defense and offense has been. The fact that that Hertz has kept the ball so secure and has has rarely fumbled it um, or into or thrown interceptions, um, versus the fact that we're getting more turnovers than we ever thought we ever gotten close to last season. Um, Considering also touching on Hertz' point, that he's been sacked three times in five games or more this season. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, sacks, sacks are sacks. It's at the end of the day, we we can we'll probably touch on that with um, could fumble a ball. I mean, is what I'm saying. Could, could fumble a ball on a sack. Could could like could give it away. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I was going to sort of uh, mention. So obviously, 
about the offensive line issues that we had against the, the Texans and the fact that you sacked more than we'd like in that game. But he obviously still kept kept hold of the ball. It just but the same to hop back to Miles Sanders, that was one of the things from last season and the seasons before was just sort of this ball security fumbled a couple of times in key positions last season. He just seems so much more confident and secure that you know, to hop back to 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 football over here, it's like when you have a really good solid goalkeeper, he just doesn't seem to let them in. You just sort of forget about it. You don't worry about it anymore because you think, well, if it goes in, it's probably going to be a free. It's just a bit like Nick Pope for Newcastle. <sighs> Moving on. Okay. Um... <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's just there's nothing more deflating as there when there's a you fumble it on the goal line or something like that, or a goal to goal situation and the running back just fumbles. But we've seen Miles Sanders do it last season, but it, the contrast to this season, like it's just been drilled in them. You can see it's the coaching and you've got to applaud the coaching staff there for doing everything they can to make sure that we keep the ball secure. Um, you can see teams trying to rip the ball out of players' hands at every opportunity they possibly can. They're not managing to do it because the, um, the players are just that well drilled to make sure we keep the ball. Jalen takes care of the ball. He's always taking care of the ball as that kind of player. And it's massive for us, Phil, like you just said, our turnover differentials plus 15. Um, I, d- I did look up the stats while you were talking, and the next team is the Dallas Cowboys, who have a plus seven. So, you know, and that's less than half. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's the, the Ravens at six, the Vikings at four. But mm-hmm. no team is anywhere near us. And it's <laughs> credit to this team, you know. Take, it's, can it's, you hear that it's, noise? It's, it's can massive. You, can you hear that noise? That was a pretty bad train. Is that the Gallon train, Phil? Is it back on? Is it moving again? <laughs> it sounds like it needs some serious repairs, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably true for the actual real-life Gallon train. There, Need some oil? Thinking, I've been thinking about this a lot, and it's bugging me because on one hand, what people say is like when people criticise him, I'm like, I'm with you. I understand. I agree with you. But then I look back and go, the fact that we've, conceded so few points this season the fact that our turnovers are so high can't be ignored either so I'm almost just like I, we could argue in an entire pod exactly whether Gannon is good or whether it's the mm-hmm. team the, the arguments can be made that the, 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 the players that he's got now and I think that has been made before is that with those sorts of players my grandma could scheme a good defense mm-hmm. um, and she's been dead 10 years um, <laughs> and it's like um, it's with those personnel, they're going to turn those turnovers. You can't say that Gannon schemes Gardner Johnson into those positions. That's just player intelligence as well as anything else. It's him knowing where to be, where the ball's going, looking at the quarterback, so on and so forth. But um, it can't also can't be ignored. It's like when you look from this season to last season to the season before, there, there's stark differences. So I, I feel like sitting on the fence in classic, classic, or going back to my fence roots, I feel like it's just a bit of everything. I feel like you can. Everyone's right, but you know, also everyone's sort of deep rooted in their opinions. So, so it's fair to say, Phil, that you know, you've you've gone from being a conductor to like uh, an assistant conductor. Like you're not quite sure if you fancy the top job well, on this train. Well, yeah, it's it's more a case of I can recognise what he's done for us. So whether it's directly him, whether because he's the defensive coordinator, he takes credit for the defense being good. But I also completely get that the, the personnel that he's got to play with, that's what should be happening. And there's people out there going, well, this is what happens if you had no one at the, the conducting the train. 
um, they, they, they'd probably be turning it over about this amount. What would happen if we had a really competent defensive coordinator, one who maybe has a bit more experience and a bit more... A bit more it's balance. difficult, isn't it? It's difficult to... Who knows? You just yeah, can't, you can't say, but we all have our opinion. That's what I mean about being on the fence. Yeah. It's like, I see every... I, I appreciate every opinion, but for me, it's a case of I'm happy to give him a bit of credit because there is a stark contrast from last season to this season. He needs credit. I, I'll give you that. He needs a coordinator will get sacked. If the defense was terrible, the players yes. won't get sacked. So we also have to Agreed. give you credit when it's working. To Agreed. Well, say that the Gannon train has um, left the platform again, is on the steady incline up the peaks, and we'll see how it gets on on our journey between now and the playoffs. Uh, all right, let's talk about some. Ah, fuck it. Let me go to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, baby. 21 to 27. 243 yards. This is your cue to go to the, get your drinks, get whatever you need, go to the toilet. Phil's already moved away from the screen. Generous 21 to 27, 243 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. And listen to this for a passer rating, 128.9. Give it to me, baby. First score and drive, the Eagles went 18 plays for 81 yards in this series. Hertz converted three critical third down plays keep the drive alive something which has been a stalwart a watermark a staple for whatever you want to say i can't get my words out of what season is so far he's been absolutely fantastic keeping plays alive maintaining drives getting down the field and ensuring that he will score when they need to score uh, those drive, those those third downs include a 23 yard pass to quest Watkins on third and six a nine yard pass to aj brown third and nine and a 16 yard pass to God Dallas Goddard third and eight it's funny you see there Brown and Goddard keep coming up again and again and again as these kind of blanket go-tos in these really important plays and it's hard to it's hard to blame him he went eight of 12 75 percent for 75 yards as well on those um on that on that drive um taking it back as I like to always do with a bit of extrapolation Jalen Hurts continues to have an incredible year for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's been on every single good part of the podcast so far. He's not been in the bad section. Obviously, the Eagles are 8-0, so there's a reason for that as well. But at some point, we're just going to have to start giving them damn right sexy all the time because he keeps delivering. He's on track for 4,000-plus passing yards, 700-plus rushing yards, 30 passing touchdowns, and 13 rushing touchdowns. Guess what? He's on track for four interceptions. Four interceptions. That'd be a 30 to four touchdown to interception rate. Now, that's probably not going to happen. <clears throat> you know, it's probably going to get a little bit closer. Not Hopefully not too close. Just get in my belly, I've written down here. Get, get in my belly, as it's, <laughs> as it's said in a, a famous film um, with a Scottish accent. Maybe, Mick, I should have let you do that one. Uh, Get in my belly. There you go. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that what you want. That's what I wanted. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I mean, continues to be incredible leader, incredible performer, incredibly calm, incredibly effective, a winner. He personifies everything the Eagles are doing this season. And I just, I, I cannot be effusive enough about how impressed I've been about him. And also, I'm going to take a whiff. I'll have a little flex. I've been saying he's been the guy since he came in here. 
since, since he came into the Eagles, since they gave him a chance to play, I won't say since he was drafted, because I don't think that's fair or true, but since since he was given a chance when, when Wentz was taken out, I've said he's going to be the guy. I've said I like his intangibles, i.e. his character, his calmness, his personality, the fact that he grows year on year on year on year. And he's proven me right. He's proving us, us right. And it's just really nice to be able to say that. And what a, what a time for Philadelphia Eagles to have such a incredible human being and incredible quarterback, MVP candidate at the heart of this team. Just, just unbelievable. MVP, MVP. Here you go, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's very nice to hear you brag about something. You don't usually do that. You're usually quite a humble guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll just sip some victory <laughs> wine while you continue. I'm always in awe of... Um, and Hurts and how he's performing. Um, the decisions that he makes, he always makes smart decisions. But boy, he spoke about how he takes care of the ball. Um, and he's doing that when he, he's throwing. How many interceptions did you say he's had this season? Or he's on track for four total. He's only is, had two so he's far. He's only had yep. two and one bounced off Gain Mel's hands, I'm pretty sure, and one of those. So that really his fault. Um, he had a fumble in this game uh, against the Texans, right enough. But that was, I think that was more Kelsey's fault and there was a bit of miscommunication with, his, with the snap. Um, again, that's not the first time that's happened this season either. Um, but Myalada and Kelsey. For what me. else can you say about Hurts that you've not already said? So I know, but I'm going to continue to do it every week while he continues to well, do we what have he's to, doing. As, as long as he keeps performing like this, I mean, especially like when he's sustaining these massive drives. Would you say 18 plays for 81 yards, and then the, the next the next drive or the next scoring drive was 10 plays for 79 yards? It's like massive stretch in the field and well I think that first one was because we get pinned back by a terrible special teams play which I won't talk about special teams this week that's actually not in the bad section I'm just looking no, at the, no, uh, the I thought I might get booed out the call if I keep going on about special teams but um, yeah. I didn't actually track Kobe's stats this week he, he made he made some he made some big plays on third down and, and those that like you said, you've already spoke about it, but the, the third and sixty Watkins, um, the twenty-three yard pass, that was a huge moment in in the game. And it you know, the guy can't do any wrong just now. It's it's, it's really good to see. And I mean, we're scheming we're scheming them very well and you know, you can you you look across the league, I'm quite happy that we've done this podcast like after the main card on Sunday, because we could have recorded on Friday after the game or Saturday or something. Mm-hmm. But we waited until after the weekend the games had passed. And you just look at what's happening around the league with, you know, like the Bills falling at the Jets, um, with the Raiders yeah. blowing a 17-point lead to the Jags. And Josh uh, Allen didn't look very good against the Jets. But, and, and and I was watching Pro Football Talk. I don't know if I mentioned on last week's podcast or not, but I was watching Pro, Fo- Pro Football Talk before the game at the weekend. And basically saying that the the Bills haven't played a a, a top defense, uh, of which the Jets now have. Under, the Jets under, have a pretty good defense huh? under Robert Sala for sure. Like their Sauce Gardner is unbelievable. He's, he's a monster. He's yeah. defensive rookie of the year for me. One hundred percent. And and you know they failed. They failed against a team. Uh, you know a, t- a team that you would expect them to be. Eagles haven't done that so far. Yeah, well, you're seeing it all over the league. It's like that's one of the best things about this team being eight and zero. It's like, well, who have you played, and all that sort of narrative that keeps coming out of the league. Well, you're like, well, look at just last weekend's results. Like, look mm-hmm. at them. Like the, the teams they expected to win, they didn't win. Like the 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 Bills got beat. The Raiders get beat off the Jags. I mean, I know the Raiders are a bit of a hot mess, but they were favourites in, in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, the Titans taking the Chiefs to overtime. No one really saw that coming. And um, the Dolphins really, really struggling against the Bears. 
Um, the Lions smashing the Packers. I mean, good game that the uh, Dolphins versus well, the Bears, but, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, and then the the Vikings, the Vikings are seven and one, the closest team to us at the moment, and they really struggled against the Commanders. The Commanders only came away with one there. So it, it just goes to show you can't take wins for granted in this league, and the fact that we are eight and zero, it's unbelievable. Super Bowl, here we come, Phil. <laughs> I. It's a, it's easy. Like I think it's it's stick to beat us with at the moment. It's just you look if if the Cowboys were in our position, if the roles were reversed, we'd probably be doing very similar stuff. We'd be analysing, going, "Oh, they've got an easy schedule. It doesn't really count." That's just what happens. You know, the guy on the the guy on the top of the mountain has to be knocked off, and because we're eight and zero, there's nothing to knock us off with apart from trying to diminish the achievement of being eight and zero. And I think. True. Very good to, point. Go, to, to go eight and zero against any amount of teams. I mean, whether it's the easiest eight or the hardest eight. Going into the season, it was the easiest eight so far. All the teams at the time have had winning records when we've beaten them, and it's you can skew it any way, um, any way you want to suit your narrative. If you want to make it seem an easy schedule, you go well at the start of the season. All these teams, it's the easy schedule on paper. It's like, and for us, we can point to the latter halfway through the season you know when you're looking at teams like the bills losing to the jets no we would be put a bank on the, on the bills every day regardless i mean of- on, on paper we've be, we've actually had the hardest schedule in the league so far if you exactly the, yeah. but that's what, <laughs> which is crazy right that, that's i mean we can we can twist that narrative to of course that. Not, yeah but i mean eight and zero, and, and the fact that the schedule we've got there's a couple of pitfalls on there and i, I generally i still don't think that we'll go 17 and i think that's just a fantasy i think but if it happens, it happens. I don't think I've, I've heard a lot of people sort of discussing um, across the sort of Eagles podcast, sort of saying, "Oh, you know, if they're sixteen and no, should they rest players?" I'm like, "Fucking hell, lads! Like, like, call your Jets. Does it matter? Like, if we're sixteen and no, and we've got a chance to go seventeen and no, does it matter? Whatever happens, happens. But it's a great situation to be in, either way, isn't it? Yeah, it's almost like just enjoy the fact that you're eight and no. Don't worry about <laughs> if it. If we're in that position anyway, um, is it the Giants we have last game of the season? Yeah. Um, you know, if they're not in the playoff hunt, it, they may well be. They will either be trying either trying to rest their players for being in the playoff hunt or they'll be trying to rest their players to get, have a higher pick, especially given what happened in the game we played them uh, where we brought in, um, what's his name? Backup quarterback for the Eagles, Sugar. Venture? No, he's gone now. Oh, he's gone? Uh, it's yeah. Yes. Brought Nate Sudfeld in, didn't we, when her in hurts his first few games to get a higher pick. Um, I think right. either, I think either way, if the Eagles are 16 and 0, they'll they'll have a very good chance of getting 17 and 0, regardless of what happens. Yeah, I think a lot of people are saying, oh, they should they should rest players. But I'm thinking if you're 17, 16 and 0, you're the number one seed by a long, a long shot, or by yeah. get, almost guaranteed. Um, then you get into the two the two weeks off and all that as well. Yeah, personally, I just think Sirianni will do whatever the hell he wants and he'll probably yeah, exactly. be right because in Sirianni we trust. In Sirianni we trust. That is the name of this podcast. Mick, mark it down. That, that, you know, that's a, 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 a good point, Phil, in that we never really have Sirianni in the good or bad call. We just sort of skip over him as if he's, he's just the, the puppet master in the background that we don't seem to talk about, but he's done he's, it for a he's, long he's made, he's made a couple probably of Probably coach of the year. But but he's definitely coach of the year so far. You're you're completely right. Uh, he has to be. Uh, so far, let's you know touch wood, knock on our heads, do whatever 
voodoo shit you need to do that you worry about. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's definitely coaching you sometimes. And yeah, yeah, you're right. We should have him in. We should have him in more into the good section. All right, let's uh, move on quickly. Uh, talk. Let's let's talk about the bad. We talked about how good the Eagles' uh, defense pass rush has been. The rush defense has not been so good. Mick, take us away. Sorry. Um... Rush defense. <laughs> No. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I was I was too busy looking at my whiskey and thinking I need to top that up sometimes. So, um, <laughs> should I should have thrown it to Phil? <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, you know they're they're on defense, so we allowed 168 yards on the ground. I think we already spoke about a, a little bit. The 139 of those were for from Damian Pierce, the um, the rookie from Florida, uh, on 27 attempts, 5.1 yard average. It's a good average, still. To be fair, it's a it's it's a it's a very good average. Um, mm-hmm. I think Miles Sanders' average was fairly similar, if not the same. It always maybe, is. Maybe need to look that up. That's it's probably on the on the notes here. Uh, let's just see. Miles Sanders average five point five. There you go, five point five. Or, or Miles. I, think is, I mentioned is, on an earlier podcast of the year, like he's in the top five or ten running backs of all time in a certain amount of snaps and, and averages per running play. So yeah. you just just need to stay healthy, man. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, if they're if, if you're looking to pin a weakness on this team, it's it's going to be the run yeah, defense, agreed. especially with Jordan Davis being out at the moment. I know we didn't have him last year, and our run defense wasn't as bad as 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 this year. But if you look at some of the teams that we've got left on our schedule, we're talking about the Titans, um, our run first team, uh, um, the run back Derek Henry, um. He's got over 800 yards and like, eight he, and like touched it. He nearly single handedly, he nearly single handedly beat the Chiefs until he ran out. Of he's that good. He's that good. He's that good. Um, so it's something we need to watch out for. Obviously, the Giants twice still to play. So, you know, Saquon's having a comeback year. We'll still get the Bears, who um, I believe Justin Fields just broke the record for most rushing yards in a game by a quarterback, Michael Vick's record. Um, it was only by a couple of yards or something, but he rushed He's rapid. 100, 170 yards or something. Yeah. Christ, like that. Unbelievable. Um, had more, so I think he had more rushing yards than passing yards. Oh, no, definitely. Absolutely. Um, it's, but we've still got all these teams to play, and it's, it is a clear weakness. And, you know, we're told that this is a passing league, um, and teams are just having to run on us. And I get it. You're going to have to run on us when you've got a, a CB1. Like Darius Slay, the year that he's having, he's having a Pro Bowl year. We're going to come on to who is going to make our Pro Bowl in the half half season awards. Yeah, make sure to keep, yeah keep keep listening. Then there's going to be we've got a few good questions to uh, to talk through later on. Yeah, but they're not even targeting him anymore. And then you've got our CB two, James Bradbury, who's going to be making CB one money next year when yeah. he goes probably goes to another team because we can't afford to keep him. And our CB three. Um, so true. Maddox. I hadn't even considered that so far. That's so true. There's no way Bradbury's staying at the Eagles next year unless he stays for a ring. Yeah, it's, it's another headache that we've got in our offseason for the amount of free agents that are, that are coming off the team and, and deals that need to be done. But we'll leave that to Howie and Howie we trust, I suppose, on that front. But, you know, like what are teams going to try and do in the passing game because like we're, we're taking interceptions away left right and centre our, our turnover differentials absolutely ridiculous we already said 12 turnover, uh, twelve interceptions on the year and mm-hmm. um, we've got a CB1 who's having a Pro Bowl year CB2 who is playing like a CB1 or CB3 Maddox didn't have a great game against um, against the Texans but I mean he's, he's, he's still a top five nickel corner in the league 
Um, and we've coming got, off the back of a really good week as well, the yeah, week before. And we've got one of the best DBs in the league as well, um, Chagger Johnson, who's mm-hmm. leading the league in interceptions. So, of course, teams are going to run on us, and Gannon's going to let them just to run clock down. Mm-hmm. That's Gannon's scheme just now. I love the way uh, Mick has turned a bad into a good Mick. Philly, Philly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's when you know your team is doing well at the risk of sounding big-headed or, yeah. you know, you know, it's, it's, it's true. We have to Trigger be honest. Johnson's have... caught more balls than Riga probably has this year. Oh, I think that's definitely true. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think that's up for debate at all. <laughs> uh, just, just touching on that again, uh, Jordan Davis is obviously something we're missing right now. Uh, if you look at the acquisitions the Eagles made, even with Robert Quinn, coming up to the trade deadline, it was all about continuing that turnover differential, sacking a quarterback, getting to the quarterback. You look at Reddick, he's got 5.5 sacks in the year. We're going to touch on um, a few other defenders shortly as well and how they're doing this year. Do you think it's a little bit of an own goal, uh, focusing predominantly on that side of the ball when we are clearly a completely different team against the run? Or do you think that's just something that Gannon's happy to let go? Happy to happy to play soft on, as you just mentioned. Phil, bring you in on that one. Um, uh, are we still still worrying about the defense? Of course we are. Um, playing soft versus like being like a knife Partic- through particularly on the particularly on the run defense. I mean specifically, like so with 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 not picking up another interior defensive lineman. With Jordan Davis going down, are we a little bit weak in in the middle of the field against the run? And are we putting too much emphasis on the edge rush and the pass rush? It, for sure, he's he, he's definitely playing too soft. I think we've touched on that far too many times. The run defense wise, um, a good point's been made this week that Davis only plays a third of the snaps usually in the game. So the fact that he wasn't there. Um, was it was it that obvious? Would it have made would it have made as much difference as people would like to think? It's an easy it's an easy point to oh we got rushed on for 168 yards, five point one. Give the defense give the defensive tackles break though, you know, bring him in, take the pressure off them, give him a breather. Yeah, it's yeah, affect them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you know, Damian Pierce is now um, questionable this week with a shoulder and a chest injury. So, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay. It's only nice. just come out tonight um, on my sleeper teams. I just had a quick look while you guys were, were chatting. Um, so, what I'm saying is, like, they, they, you know, you can, you can, we obviously did a number on him, and, but he's obviously, he's also a very, very, very good, good player. And a lot of people have had him, tipped him for, 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 for big, for big things this season. Um, it did feel very much like they were, he was running far too easily through the team. Yeah, Fletcher Cox had a terrible game. He did. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he had a terrible game, but all, all around, he's 68th ranked amongst the interior defenders. And he's had a entire league, yeah. Their read run defense grade of 36.4 versus the Tex and then 46.4 overall. It's, he's not had a, had, a, had a great season, but I don't know. I just can't, I can't get too, I am worried. I mean, especially when you've got the Titans, Giants and Bears coming up in our schedule, very run heavy teams. You you, you can, you can be, get very worried very quickly saying that what yeah. would Derek Henry do? Um, mm-hmm. But we we'll, still have Jonathan Taylor back as well. I think he's returning from injury. <laughs> but do either of them run 27 times a game? 
Jonathan Taylor does, <laughs> Henry does, and Barkley probably will, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Henry's just as likely to get injured in those 27 attempts. I, what I'm saying is, like, I, I, it, what I'm trying to get around to the point is that the Texans were desperate. That's all they had. They had no choice but to do that. So when you're going to run 27 times on the team, you're going to score. And like when Mick made a very, very, very good point when he said that Miles Sanders clearly didn't have a a special game. It felt on paper, but he got the touchdown and also got the the more more yards per attempt. So what I'm saying is, is the volume might inflate the stats a little bit. So, oh my God, we we got rushed on for 168 yards. But... It was only 5.1, and, and if you run a running back that many times against us, it's like, you know, throw enough shit at a wall, some of it's going to stick. Yeah, um, I, I get that. What I would counter with is Derek Henry and Saquon Barkley are special, special talents. Like Saquon Barkley, when fit, might be the best player in the NFL. Absolutely. They've, they've got to sort it out. Like, they can't perform like that. I'm just saying, like, let's not assume that the Eagles are going to be this terrible on the run defense when it comes to a game where you're playing a team that doesn't just run yeah. the running back all the time. Yeah, um, yeah that's fair. That's and Marvin fair. Wilson, the experiment, by the way, that was that did not work. No. Did you see how slow he runs? I don't think I've ever seen... It looked like he was in slow motion. Like you, you, Honestly, it was like watching Baywatch in mud on 0.2 times that was how slow he was and he was he was waving his arms like he was in Baywatch as well what was his snap count he played quite a lot of snaps as well didn't he he? I need to find it was the same amount as what Davis there or thereabouts would have I think I think what a lot of a lot of people have sort of assessed from that is that they were just trying to find the simplest form of replacement well, yeah, like a band-aid. They were just trying to find a band-aid that they don't have to make it overcomplicated and, and distribute snaps. They were just like, let's just get a guy again and hope that it doesn't go to shit. You know, it obviously, like Mick said, it didn't really work. So I'm sure they go back to the drawing board, but they probably... All right, let's, let, let's, let's, let's move on then. Uh, just quickly touch on the bad side. Jordan Malala allowed two sacks, two pressures and four hurries. Sirianni took responsibility. I'm not having that. Malala had a bad game, Phil. Mickey, he just had a bad game, uh, and he he's he's has voiced his opinions and his frustrations about how bad a game he has. And you know, I believe that he that's just a blip. Um, still recovering from injury, he'll be fine. I'm not too concerned about it, but we have to put it down the bad. It's Jordan Malala's worst game um, since probably his rookie season. Uh, when well, he's wearing an Eagles jersey at Von Maddox, and uh, Mickey also touched on it. Uh, missed tackles and assignments, had a coverage grade of 34.4, which, as you try down here, was even behind Wallace. <laughs> um, when we know you hate Wallace, maybe more or the same as Phil Lake's Derek Barnett. Um, <laughs> maybe we should have a little um, a little uh, go off <laughs> Wallace versus Barnett on one of our podcasts, and you two can both stake a claim for it. Guys, we're going to take a really short break, and when we come back, we're going to do the damn right sexy. Um, and after that, more sexy, we're going to look around the NFC East. We're going to do the preview to the Washington Commanders game this coming Monday night. Uh, we also have some questions from the fan base, which we're going to talk through, and then our predictions as usual. We will speak to you in 60 seconds. We are sponsored by Passion Avenue, London's premier NFL and Eagles dive bar. For all your Philadelphia sports needs, and if you're missing out on those cheesesteaks, those wings, 
or some nice cold American IPAs, make sure you get down to Patrick Avenue. They've got three bars in London, in Stratford, in Fitzrovia, and their premium flagship bar in Waterloo, Leak Street, in the Waterloo Arches. We've already hosted a watch along there so far this season, and the Phillies are currently playing in the World Series, so if you have time to get down there, they're open late to go and watch the games. They are our premier sponsor, and if you are a member of the British and Irish Eagles, you get 20% off food and drink at Passion Avenue. So what are you waiting for? Get down there and go cheer the birds. All right, we are back, ladies and gentlemen, and we are back for the damn rat sexy. You know it. And for the first time in British and Irish Eagles, next man up history, we have a joint award, folks. Joint award for the damn right sexy. You're both damn right sexy. Dallas Goddard, Javon Hargreave, you're both sexy. You can both have fictitious scepters that we don't have. And let's just read out some of these stats. We'll go to Dallas Goddard first, and we'll throw it to you, Phil. Uh, posted eight of nine, caught eight of nine, I should say. Posted over 100 yards and one touchdown. What a game Dallas got to have. We've been asking him all season. We've been waiting for his breakout game. He's been brilliant all season. That's not to say he hasn't been great all season, but um, really stepped up again for the Eagles big time here, Phil. Yeah, it was annoyingly for, for me and Mick, a very, very good game for Dallas Goddard because Liam backed it to the hilt. But I think he's probably like the third or fourth time he's backed it. So, you know, broken watches right twice a day. Um, and all that chestnut, <laughs> but but for, for, for the game, it, it did really feel like one of those the game that we've been waiting for this season. We knew we know he's capable of. Um, the fact that he's got 100 yards is, is strangely satisfying. Exactly 100 yards, it's like the OCD in me. I mean, if you've got nine for nine, that would be even better, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. Um, <laughs> I have to say, I'm, I'm very happy he got the 100 yards, <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Literally, oh, couldn't you've got 99 for that? That would have. Yeah, anyway. Is um, that the first outside of the box of the season that's come in, or, or there's been a couple of others, hasn't there? No, there's, well, it depends if we want to get into whether some of them have been outside the box or not. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> like Shots fired! But, <laughs> we, 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 we know, we knew before the season, before the addition of AJ Brown, that Goddard was is, was a fantastic safety net for, for Hertz, and and this game was 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 just that. Um, even with AJ Brown being the guy, now he's got two of them, the guy you can rely on reliably go to. Um, and it just seemed in the in the second half, he was just getting catch after catch after catch, just reeling in, no worries, no dramas. I think obviously the Texans, you know, pass defense isn't that great. So we can argue that, you know, it should have happened this game. In fact, we should have had two, three, four. 100 yard receivers in that game based on based on all that sort of stuff as well but um i think he's definitely making a case now for being one of the top tight ends and i think on principle you've got players like kelsey kill and and whatnot sort of there because of the experience and the length of time they've been around for i think god is literally banging on that door and it's only going to be a matter of time before you know you you'd be looking next season he'll be getting drafted as the top type tight end in most fantasy leagues um because of in dynasty fantasy leagues because he's yeah. just got that that potential there and, and he's fulfilling it now and <sighs> mentioned he's the best all-around tight end in the league like he, he is blocking wise um receiving wise he, he's incredible he's second most receiving yards 521 on the year uh, only behind Travis Kelsey 659 and Mick just bringing you on in this it's not just Goddard's leap into the top five, into the top three as a tight end. 
Well, rich tight ends around the league have not been as good this year. Uh, you know, you look at Waller, he has um, Adams to deal with now. He's not getting anywhere near as much targets. You mentioned Kittle. He's not really been the explosive player that we saw um, a couple of years ago, a few years ago for the 49ers. Hawkinson's just moved to the Vikings. Could see him do well now that he's in a, a better passing offense, but he's also going to contend with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. You say that Dallas Goddard is having to contend with Devontae Smith <laughs> <Yeah>. and AJ <laughs> Brown. <laughs> that says even more, right? I love that he's getting the respect that he quite clearly deserves. And shout out to our man Howie for doing the deal with Dallas um, last uh, during the season last year. Um, getting the deal done because to tie him up on his new contract because what a steal, absolute steal that we got him for. Um, he catches everything. I know he, 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 he wasn't perfect on his receptions in this game, who is normally, but um, he's, he's just a safe pair of hands. Like you said, he's, he's such a good blocker. It's, it's, all, it's understated how good he is at that facet of the game. It always it really gets under my skin. <laughs> Um, players like Kyle Pitts and the league absolutely having a massive hard on for him because of his catching ability and what he did at Florida. Um, he's having a he can't block for season. shit. Yeah, and he's and he's not been great this season. And you know, I love it. I love some, it because give, because give Dallas, is the, the better, Dallas is the better player. He just is. Um, we've got him at the start of this podcast. You hear him every time you, you play one of our podcasts. He will remain there for the season. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we decided as a podcast so we would keep him there. He's um, fast becoming one of my favourite players on on the team, no doubt. I was listening to New Heights podcast, actually, the, the Travis and Jason Kelsey podcast this week. You know, and they were talking about tight ends and how valuable they are at the team and how important. Well, I mean, you're, you're obviously going to get that from... Some, someone like Travis Kelsey, you know, he's the best tight end in the game, talking up how good tight ends are. But he's right about that they have to know everything that's going on at any given time because they're involved in run plays, involved in pass plays, mm-hmm. um, whether they're block, taking on blocking assignments, they're, um, you know... Um, running routes, taking players run, away from... Running routes, taking yeah. players, being physical, doing everything, you know, and it's just it's such an underrated position. He's really, Dead right on that. I don't know if you two are listening to that podcast, but it's absolutely phenomenal. So I haven't actually listened to a, a, the podcast all the way through yet, but I've listened to a um, a number of um, clips from it. I saw a clip this week where he, uh, Jason Kelsey, was accused of uh, bringing Gainwell into the end zone on that <laughs> play, and Kelsey turns around and goes, "Now nah, I just fell into my lap. I was trying to, you know, move out of the way," <laughs> you know, which I thought was uh, really, really good. It's fine. I need there's, to be- there's a special with Jalen Hurts. Um, about to drop so that'll be a good one that'll be very good i need to be careful about saying i don't listen to podcasts because ever since i said i don't always get a chance to listen to esp's podcast he has not replied to my last few messages <laughs> maybe esp <laughs> is listening into the podcast and i need to be more careful about that um kudos to dallas goddard a little shout out to zach Ertz, uh, as well he's got 400 yards on the year so far only 120 behind dallas goddard and four touchdowns as well so Nice to see uh, Zachert still doing well at the at the Cardinals and still playing to an elite level so far. He, you know, he's, he's playing to a top five, top six tight end uh, level. So while it was amazing that we have Goddard and longevity is brilliant as well, nice to see one of our Super Bowl heroes doing well as well. One that's loved by all of us for sure. 
All right, so you both liked the, the Dallas Card I'd take for, for the Damro Sexy. Mick, fair to say, you were, you, were, you were torn between two. I feel like the Damro Sexy should have gone on its own to Javon Hargrave, but I'm happy that it's gone to both of them because they both deserve it. Javon Hargrave, three sacks in a single game. If that doesn't get you a Damro Sexy, I don't know what does. He's up, to, he's up to five sacks in the last two games, six on the year. He's leading the team in sacks. I know that's massively... Uh, he's massively caught up on Reddick in the last couple of games, but really great to see. He is only 0.5 sacks ahead of Hassan Reddick. And also, he's 29 years old. For whatever reason, when I went to check his bio and age profile today, I thought he was like 30, 31, maybe even touching 32. He's 29. Like this guy has three, four years easily left in him at defensive tackle. Hopefully he doesn't fall off a cliff as quickly as Fletcher Cox has, but he seems to be getting uh, better as the season goes on. He attributes it to being more healthy after the bye week. Don't know exactly what was wrong with him that he was that was plaguing him beforehand. I can't remember what he was. He had a toe injury, didn't he? Was it toe injury? Yeah. Was it was it? It wasn't turf toe, was it? <laughs> uh, pass. I know he, he missed a lot of preseason because of it. He missed a lot of the. He was he was like constantly on the injury report with it. Right. Well, he's he's healthy and. I mean, if, if healthy means five sacks in two games, then... Five sacks in two games, man. That's sensational, isn't it? Yeah. Grave digger. What's the, what's the phrase? <laughs> Get in my belly. <laughs> <laughs> um, good stuff. All right, damn right sexy this week. Javon Hargrave and Dallas Goddard. Kudos to you two, and long may it continue into the season. Right, Mick, we're going to have a little bit of a segment of the podcast here, which we have not had in a little while. Those of you who have been listening to the Next Matter podcast since the beginning will know that Mick is a bit of a lyricalist. Uh, he used to be in a band. Um, and if you, well, you will have listened to the start of every podcast, the instrumentals at the start of the podcast is actually from Mick's band. Just after Dallas Goddard issues out dirt to the Cowboys. And Mick, you've got a poem for us, an Eagles poem for us, which you have history of doing. Are you ready to take us away? Yeah, um, I thought because you gave me shade on the last podcast, you said I've not done a, a poem in a while. Then I was sitting tonight um, before the kids were going to bed, they were watching some cartoon and I was bored out of mine. So I was like, oh, sit and write a poem. Love um, it. About, As you do. Sorry? As you do. As you do. Um, I know people probably spend their time a bit better than I do, but these <laughs> are the would, kind of thing. These are the I kind would of argue things the opposite. <laughs> <clears throat> I just need to make sure I don't fuck this up because it's quite long. Go on, mate. You Longer got it. you think. <laughs> Here it goes. Week one in Detroit, the Eagles embarked. A team on the rise, the media remarked. And although the Lions performed with spirit and grit, turns out Dan Campbell's men are just a bit shit. <laughs> The link was calling the first Eagles home game against Minnesota. The Eagles would not win. A big day for Hurts and a defensive stand. Put the Vikes in their place and their arses get tanned. <laughs> On the road again to see a familiar friend. Wentz got buried by every defensive end. The commies couldn't handle Smitty and his blistering pace. Well, Dan Snyder is sweating out another court case. <laughs> the tour of the past would not end there we welcomed Dougie P with cheers in the air the Jags went up quick and gave us a fright but we ran it in four times to extinguish their light yes 
Eagles in the desert doesn't usually go our way. Wasn't the best game the team would play. Hurts came up clutch, ran in twice for a score. Kyler forging a comeback and knocking on the door. Fortunately for us, their coach is a clown, and we Kyler slid in his arse and missed the first down. <laughs> yes. The hero of the league, the media would gush. No, not about Hurts. Fucking Cooper Rush. <laughs> them boys were talking all week when they rolled into town. We put them in their place with Smitty and Brown. Now the boys know, swole and skinny. Beware, beware, the Batman of Philly. Yes. The bye week would come, a time to get rested. The league kept spewing, were not battle-tested. The Steelers then came to Lincoln Financial Field. The offense were relentless and the defense would not yield. Hurts threw three to AJ, a wonderful display. One more to Smitty and a run-in for Sanders, 35 points on the day. A short week to Houston, a, a, a homecoming for QB, 100 yards to Goddard, and of course, a TD. The vibes in the building, the city, the fans, were eyeing the Super, the Super Bowl, we might have a chance. It's been a journey watching this flower grow from the depths of 2-5 to a historic 8-0. Yes! Oh, mate, that was absolutely incredible. Phil, I've missed those, man. How good is that? He is a, he's a, um, it's got away with words, isn't he? It's a lyrical genius. Still, and those Scottish sultry tones as well just makes it even better. I still have the, have the, um, was it the sea shanty one that he does in my head oh, sometimes? Um, I can just hear it now in my head. Uh, I need to dig that, that one out again. Yeah. <laughs> Four and eleven and one. I remember <laughs> parking back to how far we've come since then. God, yeah, so true, so true. Kudos, Mick. Mick, that we're gonna have to get that on a special one as well. Get that released on the socials, man. That was awesome. Well done. Good stuff. Eight and oh, that gets me excited. All right, let's look around the NFC beast as it is this year. Uh, Giants. Uh, well, we're, we're looking around the NFC. East as kind of coming through the to the week coming, I suppose, looking too much too much on what just went by because of course the Giants uh, were on a bye last week and they will face the Texans who we've just faced. You're one six and one this weekend. The Giants open as six point five favorites in the Meadowlands. Be interesting to see how that one goes. They're six to two at the moment. The Giants, Dallas Cowboys were also on a bye last week. They will face the Green Bay Packers. And oh my God. It was only one time this season when I want Aaron Rodgers to turn it on. It is this coming week. Dallas are five-point favorites at Lambeau Field as well. Washington, four and five, narrowly defeated by the Vikings, seven and one last week, 20 to 17. Will face, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football. Preview against the Commanders. Eagles head in, as Mick has just said on his lovely poem, as Aiden and oh, the undefeated team, the only undefeated team in the NFL. And the Eagles have never been in that position before. They have MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year candidates all over the field. And they play at home against a four and five Washington team, who are, of course, without Carson Wentz, who has an injury. Of course, he has an injury. Just before we get into the key matchups, Phil, confidence levels going into the game against Washington this Monday night. Um, yeah, they're going to be pretty high. 
slightly unsure about Heineke because I don't believe we faced him last season, did we? Um, either way, it's they obviously had a bit of a an uplift since Carson went out. They were kind of like middling, going down quite 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 happily um, at the bottom of the NFC East. Since Heineke's come in, I think the fan base have sort of rallied around him, and and the team naturally sort of feeds off that. But still, at the, at the link with the way the Eagles are looking at the the contrasting and ranks, sort of everything about the, the Commanders is in the twenties. Total offense, rush offense, points per game, or so on and so forth. The Eagles are sort of three, six, one, four, two, on pretty much everything. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm not overly worried. I think I think on paper and just just being at the link, the way things are going, I just I just can't see the commanders having enough at all. They're just a bit of a shambles all round in general. Lots of talk behind the scenes about um, the team being sold finally. Jay yeah. Z, Bezos, all sorts of people sort of coming out, sort of staking their interest in, in a in a team. There's just yeah, they're just—they're not on the same page right now. They're, they're, there's no, there's no, there's no need for them to be sort of coming up and expecting to win. So just, just turn up, just put your, just put your reserves on the pitch, and let's just get this one out of the way. We all know it's going to happen. <laughs> Love that. We did. We we have played against Heineken, um, but it was very, very late in the year last year. So easy to forget. He was sacked three times, had an interception, and no touchdowns. So uh, yeah, not not a lot to worry about on historical stat sheet for sure, Phil, and agree with all of those sentiments right there as well. Mick, just looking at the matchups here, um, did a bit of research today, watched a few games. There's two main matchup matchups that I can see happening. The first one is the Washington the Washington uh, run defense against the Eagles O line and, and and run game. <sighs> They are 11th best in rush defense in the league. Importantly, they're third best in the league on third down plays, which is something that the Eagles will have to scheme against. Uh, however, you know, our rushing game is is not the same as it was last year. If we were looking at last year, we were looking at 2021, and we were looking at the way the Washington run defense was playing against last year's corp, it would be, you know, a bit more of a worry because that's all we were last year. We weren't a big passing team. This year, you look at the Eagles and they're multidimensional. Like, Hurts can beat you through the air. We can beat you on the ground. The running backs can beat you on the ground. There's a lot for the Washington run defense and pass defense to deal with. But they've got some, They've you know, they've, they've, they've been tight games this year, Washington. They've not been blown out by many teams, even the ones they've won and the ones they've lost. They've been relatively close. How do you see that matchup stacking up the Washington run defense versus the Eagles O-line and run game? Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a strange one because we will speak about that Washington defensive front and how they've got stars up and down that defensive front. And we always think, we always look at this matchup every single time we play Washington. We've played them twice a season, we've played them twice a season for forever. Um, yeah, forever, yeah. And <laughs> we always look at this matchup and think, how are we going to fare against it? And we always, we always beat them out. Um, just what Phil said, we are the better team in the O show on Monday. Um, that our offensive line unit is much better than their their defensive line, even though they have a great defensive line, our unit is still better than theirs. 
Um, harking back to what Slay said, you know, like world class players, but he's world class as well. Um, you look and, back to the game, Mick, you know, that we played already this season, uh, the 24 8 win by the Birds against the at the time healthy Carl, at the time healthy Car- Carson Wentz. That's the game that Devontae Smith went off in for 170 yards and a touchdown. And there were other players in the wide receiver position and tight end position, Dallas Goddard, who did really well. I'm not even mentioning the defense, but <clears throat> it's hard to worry too much about the run defense of Washington when you have so many playmakers on the Eagles side of the ball that are going to make you hurt. Yeah, but it's, it's the beauty of the, how the Eagles are scheming just now with this, the RPO system um, and giving Hurts the option to you know release the ball or take a shot. Um, a lot of the time the quarterback's going to take the shot, isn't he? Because he wants to play a bit of hero ball. Maybe not Hurts. Hurts is um, his head screwed on a bit, anyway, yeah. a, a bit more. Um, understands coverage and understands the decisions that need to be made and, and when. Um, like I said, we spoke about it earlier on the podcast, a good decision maker and that RPO system really uh, works. Yeah. It, really, it really does. It really it, it does suit him because he understands what he's seeing on the field now a lot more. Um, and, and can tell the situations where he's going to pass it off to Mel Sanders or um, take a shot himself. And we've got the offensive line to do it. Look at the, the guys that we've brought in, like Landon Dickerson in the left guard position. He is killing it. He is absolutely destroying. We haven't people. mentioned him enough, to be fair, we, on this we podcast. Haven't. We really haven't. Um, he is destroying people every single week in the run game. Um, Jason Kelsey. <laughs> We don't need you going about this guy. He gets up to the second level and he absolutely smashes every um, linebacker in sight. Uh, he was dragging Kenny Gainwell over the globe line. It's quite funny. <laughs> uh, that pass game against the Texans. Uh, you know the Kelsey... But, uh, but he's usually running stride for stride with the running back. Yeah. It's like unbelievable. <laughs> it's, cra- it's crazy. And, and and like just to touch on Kelsey there for a second, uh, not only is he so impactful in the rush offense for the Eagles... And as you say, running stride for stride, just destroying people downfield as if they're like, you know, you know, who who are you? Like, get out of my way! Like, flinging them left, right, and center. He's eight in the league in pressures allowed. So, so on the scheme plays where it's a passing play, and his job is primarily to block the pass to be to be pass defense. He's eight in the league. He allows just one point eight pressures. You know, we'll get on to a couple of other guys later on when we talk about the pass rush versus uh, Jalen Hurts as one of the other matchups, but mind-boggling that he's eight in the league in pressures allowed when he's mostly known for destroying offense, offense, uh, defensive uh, rush defenses. I mean, that's what, that's what the big splash plays are, are all about. He's an undersized center, and he's got 1.8 percent pressures on the mate in the league that's absolutely mental that's of all linemen that's not just centers or interior line you know linemen that's that's tackles that's guards that's centers eighth overall bonkers yeah it's 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 but just having a an absolute season um jason kelsey i don't know how he manages to do it every every single year but we'll just beer kegs <laughs> is the <it> beer case? <laughs> I don't think I could perform like that. No, no, I tried it a few times at university, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good stuff. Um, 
Listen, uh, one of the big talking points so far, Phil, at the moment is the potential return of star defensive end Chase Young. Uh, number two overall draft pick in 2020, one defensive rookie player of the year that year. Coming off an ACL injury, which he suffered back in week 10 of last season. And he's coming, he's coming back to a defensive pass rush who have been pretty good this year so far. They've got 23 sacks, which is only three behind the Eagles defensive line, which we've been lauding to be really impressive this year. It's going to be a, a key matchup, I think, for Hertz to get, a, get away from the defensive line, to be clever and smart with the ball. And if Chase Young is back, depending on how many, if he plays and how many snaps he plays, you know, and if it's hard to win in the NFL. And they're four and five. They've won four games this year. It, it, that's probably going to be, would you say, the toughest task this weekend against the, the commanders for the Eagles? Yeah, that's definitely going to be the area that that they're, they're going to be hoping to have the most success with, especially against Hurts. I mean, Hurts, we've already spoken about having one of those seasons where we were expect, hoping that he'd... Um, He'd improve in his passing, and he has exponentially. It's, it's 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 night and day since last season. That's their that's their that's their strongest point on on defense. And you can argue that you should be, that we should be pretty worried about that. But there's two factors that don't worry me so much, and that is my personal opinion on on injuries, and especially ACL injuries. Knowing, like I've mentioned it last season. Um, ACL injuries are are bad, and they are Horrendous. they are psychologically um, damaging. And there's two factors to this: Will Chase want to come straight back in and be hitting hitting it off out of the bat straight away? He'll want to be. Whether he'll be allowed to or not is another question. Will they want to sacrifice him coming straight in and going straight back out again? You don't know. I I always personally feel that there's a psychological aspect to that. That there's what are the reasons why they would want to like they're not they're not vying they're not sort of vying for 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 playoff contention? So they, could. Like, they could. They, they no, could. They could. Given they, how bad they, the NFC is, I know. I know you're sorry. I know you mean they're not, they're not ready for it. Yeah. They, well, no, they're not. They're not in a position right now. But they they could get there. But you can't go on hypotheticals. Like so, say if it was sure. the if it was the the Giants or the Cowboys at sort of six and two, um, mm-hmm. sort of really sort of desperate, have a real strong chance. Same as when you're in your fantasy league where you think you're rebuilding or contending. It's a case of, are they really going to want to put him straight back in, put the, all that tremendous load on him straight away? Hopefully not. Maybe I'm being... I'm trying My to performances work. this year in fantasy means I'm building, Phil. Yeah. It's been, it's been a bad year. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so from that perspective, I'm, I'm, I'm more of the case of... I. It's his first game back after a long period out. Yeah. I can't see And they haven't confirmed him definitely being back yet either, unless you know different, Mick. No, no, no. No. Sorry for Um, that. Yeah, no, but the second part of that is is just, is the fact that the Eagles have so many different ways to beat someone. If Chase does come back in and he is super strong and he's back to Chase of old, then we'll just switch to a more heavier running game um, rather than the pass rush side of things. I, I'm not saying that's like a, oh, we'll just switch to plan B and it'll all work oh, out. We'll move, we'll move Dickerson around from left guard, sweep him around, chase the... Kelsey, push him forward like we did two weeks ago. Yeah, but the way the Eagles have operated, and the reason, the, probably the main fundamental reason why the Eagles have been so, so successful this season is because we have more than one option, more, we have many options, and, and they've easily switched between the two. They've adapted and they've, they've, they've schemed well for, for most teams. So I think, 
it could that would be where it would go wrong if it goes wrong. But I feel like the Eagles should have enough to avoid that to to make to nullify it as much as possible. To be to be devil's advocate here uh, a little bit, um, not against you, Phil at all. Just just <clears throat> the performance of the offensive line over the last few weeks hasn't been as impressive as we are, we've been used to over the last year. I think it's probably safe to say. Lane Johnson is still up there, <laughs> third overall in the NFL with 1.2% pressure rate. He's just an absolute monster. Um, but Jordan Mailata, we touched on earlier on in this podcast, did not have a great game last week. He recorded two sacks, a few pressures and hits, etc. You look at the interior defensive linemen, and we've talked about this a few times about interior defensive linemen. The Eagles have come up against this year being stronger than the edge rushers, and we've come out, and as you say, Phil, we've won anyway because we found ways to win. But it's remiss of us not to mention, I mean, Darren Payne and Jonathan Allen account for 10 sacks so far of those 23 this year, both in the defensive attack position. With if and with a chase coming back, that is another element that the Eagles need to focus on on the offensive line protection-wise, which could free up either of those two or Chase to make a bit of an impact, Mick. I mean, my ladder slipped out of the top 15 in pressures this year. I'm not saying I'm worried about him. I'm not. But if one of the offensive line goes down, we looked at what happened with Landon Dickerson a couple of weeks ago. The, the rest of the game turned on its head. If, God forbid, that happens, or even with Chase Young coming back into play against the Eagles offensive line with these two star def- interior defensive linemen and Jonathan Allen, Darren Payne. It's going to be a challenge, right? Yeah, of course, it's always going to be a challenge. Um, it broke my heart to put my little on the bad side of the... It of, hurt me uh, watching, it hurt me looking at it. <laughs> of the, of the, the, the pod notes. Uh, it really did. Um but I think he'll bounce back from it. I think he, you, the, the, the person that's going to be toughest on him is himself. Yeah, and, you know, he has a star, a star top rate lineman. Um, so, is, so is Lane Johnson, the, the, the bookends. Um, some of the best in the league. So, you know, I'm, I'm not entirely worried about it. It's not where the, the game maybe can be won and lost in the trenches, but... You just you looked at some of the matchups. Our, our receivers versus their secondary is that that's probably the matchup that I would be looking at and saying that's where the game could be won convincingly because they don't have much in in the cornerback room. The sa- their safeties as well. The, the defensive backs leave a lot to be said. I know they've they've got that fuller um, pressure front, but um, I mean, we absolutely lit up their secondary last time we yeah. played. Like you said, Devontae Smith put over 100 and something yards. Yeah, 100, 170 yards. Hertz had 340 through the air. Yeah, the career high probably for Devontae Smith in that game. So, yeah, that by half time as well. Oh, yeah. But like he did in the, um, what, the college, what was the college game, uh, Mick, before he got drafted? Didn't he put up like over 200 yards in the first half and then get uh, off the Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm harking back to my like draft notes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely destroyed Notre Dame in a game as well. It's great. Oh, I remember you telling watch. me that. I remember you telling me that. Yeah, you are you are right about the commander secondary. I mean, my comments here are commander secondary is pish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Fuller is Kendall Fuller's not. Yeah, a great uh, cornerback. Although St. Just had he had quite a decent game 
as I yeah. recall, against us last time. But I think I was, that, was, I was, that watching, was an exception was, rather than the rule. Yeah. Well, he's been playing a little bit better recently. I, I, I was reading up on the um, commander's website, uh, coach notes and stuff earlier on today. And, um, you know, Fuller was saying how impressed he was by him uh, getting better and improving, etc. So, you know, I don't know whether how much of that is just building him up and bringing up his ego and his confidence rather than actual the actual stat line. I don't have a stat line for him in front of me. Um, but so so far this season, Smith torched him for 170 yards. Jefferson, Amma, Tim Brown, both torched the Commanders as as you know premier pass catchers in the league, and that's without even taking to, into account AJ Brown and and Dallas Goddard, who are going to be factoring in this game as well. Other things to consider before we move on to our predictions and some questions for the fan base: uh, Scary Terry, Air McLaurin. And Curtis Samuel account for over a thousand combined yards so far for the Washington Commanders. Eels will have to keep an eye on Samuel in particular, he's gonna be a bit sneaky out of the backfield. Um, so wouldn't to watch out for some check down passes. Escapability a little bit from Heineken is a bit different to her to um, Wentz, even Wentz has been sacked a ridiculous amount of times this year so far. Um, and I think 23 times he was sacked in six games, which is an absolute joke. <laughs> Imagine getting sacked six times a game um, <clears throat> before he went out injured. And, and I think Heineken's been five times or six times in, in the three games he's in. So he's got more escapability, which our, our defensive uh, pass rush you are going to have to uh, keep an eye on. But listen, let's take another quick break. And when we come back, we will do questions from the fan base. And then we will do our predictions. Speech in 60. We are sponsored by Passion Avenue, London's premier NFL and Eagles dive bar. For all your Philadelphia sports needs, and if you're missing out on those cheesesteaks, those wings, or some nice cold American IPAs, make sure you get down to Passion Avenue. They've got three bars in London, in Stratford, in Fitzrovia, and their premium flagship bar in Waterloo, Leak Street, in the Waterloo Arches. We've already hosted a watch along there so far this season, and the Phillies are currently playing in the World Series, so if you have time to get down there, they're open late to go and watch the games. They are our premier sponsor, and if you are a member of the British and Irish Eagles, you get 20% off food and drink at Passion Avenue. So what are you waiting for? Get down there and go cheer the birds. And we're back, and we are going to have a bit of a mailbag from the UK Philadelphia Eagles fans, and then we're going to do our predictions part of the podcast. So let's get straight into the questions from our fan base. First of all, fan base, listen to me. First of all, really good question um, from Anthony Bullock, who was recently in Philadelphia watching the Eagles game with his son, and uh, going to look forward to welcoming Anthony back onto the podcast soon between now and the end of the year. Um, Anthony's question was halfway point in the season who if any do you think of the Eagles team will make the Pro Bowl this year so far so let's take it in turns Phil go to you first who give me a player you think is gonna make the Pro Bowl this year for the birds AJ Brown and we'll move on. <laughs> AJ Brown, he's going to make it, right? He's got it. He's got. He's, he's got to. I mean, the Steelers game alone was a Pro Bowl worthy performance. But I think generally the impact he's had on the team, um, like I said earlier, 
got up was the old Mr. Reliable. He's now got two Mr. Reliables because the ability just to catch a contested catch, um, the first touchdown against the Steelers, um, the yards, the, the, the sheer impact that he's had on the team. Um, it's got to be right up there in terms of if you're trying to fit, pick one person that's changed the team from last season to this season and had more impact, it's got to be AJ Brown. I mean, you, you look at players like Kelsey and that, he's a perennial pro bowler. He's almost like defaulted to get in. It feels too easy to go for someone like Kelsey. Personally, I think Hurts very much deserves to be there. But I think hey, you only get one, man. You only get one. Calm down. Sorry, I'm I'm waffling <laughs> on. I have a tendency to do that. Apologies. I'm gonna just AJ Brown. I'll just get I'm just passionate. Like, you know, you get to have seven minutes around about AJ Hurts. Uh, I'm gonna have one about AJ Brown. You do it, mate. You do it. That's allowed. You do you, man. I mean, he's 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 tracking for over fifteen hundred yards this year comfortably. Averaging 90 yards per game so far, and he's probably going to get between 12 to 15 touchdowns this year. So that, that's Pro Bowl stats all over. Mick, give me another guy who's going to make Pro Bowl. Slay. Oh, I love that. Talk to me about Slay. Has to be, isn't it? Has to be. He's nailed on, man. Absolutely nailed on. He's the best cornerback in the league just now. Yeah. Does. Just does. Um, I don't know if you had time to. Look at uh, Elliot Short Parks, your best friend, Elliot Short Park. <laughs> yeah. um, Elliot. A, a, a short <laughs> podcast, and it was about Defensive Player of the Year. And he was saying Slay should be in that conversation. Um, a lot of bookies don't have Slay even listed. Um, yeah, crazy. And the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year, I know Mika Parsons is sort of the front runner and probably will definitely get it. Um, but Slay's having a great year. And since becoming a team captain as well this year, he's just taken that on board. And the teams aren't even targeting him anymore. They're not even going his way because they know, they know big place lays there in that area. He's got it locked down. He will lock down the wide receiver one every game. And that's so valuable. You see that now with the Jets defense, with Sauce Gardner that they brought in. He's locking down the wide receiver, opposing wide receiver one. And that has made a massive difference to that Jets defense. And you see it with our defense as well. And Slay is one of, if not the most important player on our defense. Love that. Oh, interesting um, stab at Slay as well. I think he averages like 35 quarterback rating <laughs> against any quarterback this year. Any quarterback plays against him, their quarterback rating is 35 or in and around, which is bonkers. Bradbury's is in the 40s as well, which again is absolutely crazy. So yeah, great, great pick. So AJ Brown. And uh, Darius Slay, Pro Bowl selections. I'll take an easy one here. Uh, I'm going to go with Jason Kelsey. You say you say it's a cop-out, Phil, but Jason Kelsey's got to make the Pro Bowl this year. He is third in his position out of 38 so far in the PFF ranks. But he's more than that. He's a leader. He, We talked about the pressure rates and where he's eighth in the league of all, of all the offensive linemen. He is he just personifies Philadelphia. He personifies the team. He's a leader. He opens up plays, huge gaps, huge huge holes. I mean, the fact that he's doing a new podcast alone is worthy of a Pro Bowl selection this year. I don't think we need to talk about it anymore. Jason Kelsey locked in. That's three so far. AJ Brown, Darius Lay, Jason Kelsey, three po- three Pro Bowler. Bo- <laughs> I mean, for you to say. To make make sure, or to all your listeners out there, um, <laughs> when we put the pod, when we put the podcast out on Twitter, to to put in the comments exactly who you think should be 
um who if you've got if you've got anything different than what we've got stick it on there stick it in the comments tell us who you think should be who's who's earned the pro bowl halfway through the season <laughs> please do uh pro bowlers that is not pro boners which i nearly said um all right so we have three pro bowlers so far anyone else mick dallas Goddard. dallas Goddard. I, I can believe that phil happy with that yeah, absolutely. We've, we've, you know, you don't get damn right sexy for nothing. Who's a bit? Who's a bit of tight end in the NFC? In the FC, no one. You get two. No. You, there's, there's two cool spots in the NFC for tight ends. There's no one better than Dick Goddard. He's first line. All right, I'll go next. Jalen Hurts. Any arguments for the fifth? He's definitely got to get in getting this year from the, from the improvement that he's done if he maintains this to the end of the season and if he maintains this to the end of the season and the Eagles are going 16 and 1 17 and 0 whatever even 14 and 3 one, yeah. if we get if we get if we get the number 1 seed then it's almost locked in the quarterback yeah. of the team that gets the number 1 seed should be in the pro bowl not that we'll see him in the pro bowl because he'll be resting up for the super bowl of course of course <laughs> same with all these players uh Phil anyone else Dickerson. Yeah, yeah, actually, Dickerson and um, no, no, no. I was uh, no. I think you're right. I think you you picked it for me there, Dickerson. Um, I don't know. He, He he's he's under the it's an under the radar performance for me so he's done really well but will that be enough to get recognized and be selected for the pro well i don't know there's quite a lot of maybe a year too early for him yeah i think i think maybe this is this is a bit too early but we're, we're sort of we've picked our, our main contenders i think every, anyone else would just be a bonus at this point because we've been snubbed for the last couple of years for that's a good point that's a, that's a very good point we might we might say all this stuff but then when it comes down to it, maybe we won't get a lane johnson though mix he's gonna make it right Big lane, aye. Um, why not? I think was, the whole team could. You could probably make an argument for for most of the team. We're eight and zero. Hassan Reddick, Javon Hargrave. Hassan Reddick is a great. Jake CJ Elliott, Zod Johnson. So basically, we're going to say um, Anthony. Twelve players are going to make the Pro Bowl this year. The whole team. <laughs> the team Pro Bowl. All right, let's move on from that. Then, really interesting question here. And um, which starter would you trade to the Dallas Cowboys taking Quez Watkins out of the fray? Because he's the most obvious pick, I think. We all think of the starting offense so far. If you're going to trade one starter to the Cowboys, if you had to, disregarding where you get back, disregarding the fact you don't want to, if you had to, who would your pick be, Mick? Uh, Isaac Samoa. That's a fair call. I, I mean, I've, I've, Spouted some disdain is probably too hard a word to use. Distrust is probably too hard a word to use. He's he's the one weak link I think in the offensive line. Is that is that you're thinking? I just I, I'm not trying to put shade on him. I'm just, I just don't think that. I think all our other players are just that much better. But also we have good depth along the offensive line. So Jack Driscoll can go in and play right guard. He did mm-hmm. for quite a portion of last season. And performed to a, to a pretty good standard. So I think if, if Isaac had to switch sides over the dark side, then uh, we could cope with the loss for one. 
And yeah, it would make Dallas better. They would probably have to put him at left guard because they already have Zach Martin at right guard. So he's mm-hmm. Zach Martin for Christ's sake. Um, That's true. So, you know, he's, he's probably play replacing um, who's their right guard. Uh, uh, sorry, left guard. Uh, McGovern. Uh, well, we're an Eagles podcast. We don't need to, need to worry about the, the left guard yeah. and the Cowboys. Phil, <laughs> 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 you got anyone you, you trade other than Sam Alley? So with just to clarify, we're talking players, offensive players. Yes. Offensive, offensive players who, who are starting players, yeah. I know you're going to go for now. Well, no, I was just thinking that technically the guy I'm thinking of is, is not really on offense, but he is an offensive player. He's I know. You, special teams. You're going to say Aaron Sipos, aren't you? That's no, what I was going to go for. I was no? going for Britain Kobe. Oh, Kobe, okay. <laughs> Okay. Let him go on. Let him go on. Yeah, there's an offense. You can't. Nah, no, he can't have that. He's, he's a he wide receiver, that. though. So, offensive player. <laughs> that's what I was clarifying. I know I'm, it's a bit. <laughs> but I just wanted, I wanted to sort of be a bit clever um, and say that as a wide okay. receiver, you know, including Quez Watkins has been on, Smitty's been on returns on special teams. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm calling it. I'm, I'm sticking with my guns. Britton Covey, he can get thrown around like a rag doll on the, on the Cowboys team. Yeah, I'm, 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 the box. I'm, I'm the same boat. I was going to go Aaron Sipos because, you know, he he's starts. He's a cheating. This isn't fair. He's, he's a starter. You know, <laughs> Mick, Mick, yeah, the problem is you didn't think creatively enough in we'll this let the group chat segment of the podcast. It's not our fault. You don't, you know, you don't have that band, that brain whiff to, uh, to go outside <laughs> what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> now, to be honest, if, if we're thinking about, if we're thinking about starting offensive pieces, pieces you aren't in special teams, I would agree with you. I think Sam Allen is the person I would absolutely uh, trade to the Cowboys if I was my hand was forced to do so that is who I would choose as well okay interesting question here who would win between the 2017 Super Bowl winning team versus the current Eagles team Phil I don't really feel qualified to answer this question because that's a very good point I didn't really follow them maybe you don't need to go on <laughs> go on, mate. Go on, go on. Well, I mean, the 2017 Eagles won the Super Bowl, and we are eight and I. It's not really something that it's like comparing apples with pears, isn't it? Really, it's sort of. Well, you got. I think you've got to you've got to compare the, the coaching staff, the players, the way they're playing, the atmosphere, etc. I mean, we weren't expected to win the Super Bowl that year, which is a fair point. And it's a, it's a bit of a poison chalice question because are you, are you comparing? the team that turned up in the Super Bowl final, or are you comparing the team over the whole season? So it's a difficult one to answer for sure. I'm just going to have to go with with, with this year's team just be, through recency bias, I think. Um, I think it feels... I'm kind of judging, I'm doing it through proxy, so I'm judging sort of fan base reactions, the general Twitter feeling, what people are saying, the criticisms, the fact that this team just doesn't seem to be have any any major flaws that are clearly areas that they, they fit they've not fixed but they've, they've they've attended to every area that needed to be attending to i feel like this team just has a bit more behind it but the 2017 just re- relied heavily being the underdog sort of team and much like the phillies in the world you know in the leads the world series it's sort of like they a lot of it was probably built on on the on the lack of faith but we're on the flip side now we're we're the best team in the nfl record-wise, and the expectations there that we should win the Super Bowl. So, um, 
I'm just going to have to go with the for, for potential over what actually happened. It's such, such a hard. You heard it here first. Phil says Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl this year. They're better than the 2017 team. Mick, to throw the Cowboys' opinions there, the Eagles did go 13 and three in the regular season during 2017. They were underdogs, but they still did have a 13 and three record, and they. I mean, that was in a 16-game season rather than a 17-game season. So, say they win another game, that would be a 14-3 and year, which could be the year the Eagles are looking at now. With that in mind, who are you picking? 2017. 2017? Yeah, they won the Lombardi. Well, our team's doing well. Love that one shot. The team will tell you that. Um, but, you know... <laughs> I mean, that Super Bowl, if we're talking about the Super Bowl team, like the, the actual team that played and started at the Super Bowl, we're missing some key pieces, if you remember. Um, Big V was missing, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Uh, on the offensive line, and uh, there, was a, there was a few injuries. That, there was a few injuries. On I like the way you didn't well. go for his full name there, by the way, Mick. Yeah, I'm not even going to try. Um, <laughs> is, is he still at the Jets? Oh, he's injured, isn't he? He's injured. He's injured. Um, anyway. Uh, I think we had some defensive pieces missing as well, but Foles just, I know we, we sort of just, it was like a gunslinging game, obviously, between us and the Patriots. That dynasty, mm-hmm. that Tom Brady led the Patriots, where he was still playing absolutely amazing. Over football. 500 yards in the Super Bowl, it's a loss. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And I mean, you could tell that the defense was was, was really stretched. Um, Brandon Graham also making the, the game winning play. Um, and a lot went right for us on the night. Mm-hmm. Just, unbelievable game of football that Nick Foles played that day and not just that day the the, the and and obviously the the, the run the playoff the championship run. the championship game as well yeah. which is arguably even better um I'm gonna go against you I'm gonna side with Phil I, nah. I'm 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 looking at the Eagles roster the team and if I'm if I'm fixated on which is the better team and when I look at which is the better team, I think about the, the talent of the players there. I think that the Eagles team right now is better than the 2017 team. I'll probably get a lot of hate for that. I'll probably get a lot of jib for that. And that's okay. Um, I, you know, I'm not saying the Eagles will definitely win the Super Bowl this year. I'm saying a long, long way to go before. That's even something that we should probably be considering. And they won and they won the Lombardi. If you're going to ask me who is, who, you know, Say we don't win this year, or even if we do win this year, depending on how it works out. That's a different question for me. I'm looking at this question as who is the better team? And I'm looking at that question as who are the better individuals? Who are the better skill set players? How good are they comparatively to their opponents, to the other teams in the league? And I think our team is, is a better team right now than, than the team in 2017. But I don't disagree with you. They've won jack shit so that counts for nothing until you win all right let's move on to the predictions part of the podcast which we of course always prep for (laughs) as we said we would do last week let's give a bit of a recap into the scores so far so last week i had three points Mick had two points and fell at two points. My three points considered. Goddard with the most receiving yards. Outside the box prediction, we've got it again, over 100 yards and a touchdown. The win, Mick had the closest to total rushing, which I think you've had like three or four weeks in a row now. Uh, Sanders, first touchdown for Phil. And you both had the win, which brings the scores to 
Mick on 19, Liam on 18, and Phil languishing behind on 15 points. Uh, hey, Phil. <laughs> He's been, in the break of the podcast. He was like, oh, who do I pick as my uh, outside the box this week? I reckon Phil's uh, attention to detail is going to be ramped up this week, uh, being three points behind. And I wouldn't blame you because I'd be doing exactly the same, Phil. <laughs> so um, with that in mind, Phil, as always, take us away with the predictions part of the podcast. Oh, I've been agonizing in the entire pod trying to think about what I'm <laughs> going to do. The pressure is very much being felt. Pressure's on, boy. Such a deficit. It started off so well getting the first touchdown score. I thought, here we go. Here we go. If it was coming back into it and then Liam goes and hits every other bloody one. <laughs> you had um, four rushing touchdowns as well, right? And, and, and there was a point where that... Weren't, wasn't two of them in already? At the right yeah, the first two touchdowns were, were rushing. I thought, here we go. This is how it's going to go. We'll get a couple of more. Most likely be rushing touchdowns. <laughs> Billy but then Big Bollocks got... was out, yeah. Where Billy Berg bit too early. You were, you were feeling pretty happy. I mean, you gave me some, you gave me some I was shade excited. last week. I was excited. You gave me some shade last week on the podcast to, to, to remind everyone about me, you know, not being too sure about the forfeits. And then all of a sudden I've done well and I was better about it. You were feeling very, very good about it, Phil, at the start of the game. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm definitely going back through all the previous pods to figure out exactly how many times you went for 100 rushing, 100 yards and a touchdown for Dallas Goddard, because <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure we've done it at least one other time. So if we're getting into the specifics about you know, whether it's outside the box or not, you know. I will be well with you. That's the point, right? Let's go. If you, well, if you go for enough. Anyway. Viva la France. <laughs> <laughs> So, first touchdown scorer. So, trying to continue my form this week and trying to go outside the box. Not so much, actually, outside the box, but um, going for someone that I don't think that you'll go for. I'm going for for Devontae Smith. I reckon he's going to have a repeat of his um, stellar game. Which probably gives you an seventy yard game, baby. Which gives you an insight into who I think is going to get the most receiving yards as well. But um, already, uh, Mick, like that. Who do you... I was going to go for something wild, but then I thought I'll get accused of tanking or something. <laughs> no, you've got a cushion. You can play with it. This is like the luxury. It's only a one-point cushion now. Hey, you might, you no, might no. have a cushion to you, Phil. Point Calm cushion. down. The four-point cushion. Because you don't have to beat. You don't have to beat me. You don't have to beat Liam. <laughs> no, no, but I still want to win. There's like nine games left in the season, guys. Calm the fuck down. We're not even halfway completely through it. I was, I was seriously considering taking a defender because I think Heineke's going to throw an interception. Um, but I won't do that. Um, no, kind uh, of. I'll I'll just I'll, I'll stick boring. I'll go with uh, I'll go with Sanders. Why not? Never happens twice. Twice in a row. You should know this, mate. Um, you've got a. <laughs> Liam, who are you going for your first touch? I'm going to Dallas Goddard's first touchdown. I think that he's going to be a uh, blanket in the third down end zone territory. And it's going to be tough running the ball against them. And I think for a change, they're going to throw the ball and they're going to go to Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard's my favorite player. He's my guy. <laughs> He's my bae. Um, I love him. <laughs> most receiving yards, Mick. Who, who's going to get the most receiving yards on the team then? AJB. Oh, the man himself. Well, as I already himself. as I already mentioned, I'm doubling down on Smith this week again because I'm doing the Liam tactic of, you know, 
hoping that it comes event in eventually. Um, Don't back down, double down. Liam, who have you got as the most receiving yards? Uh, I have most receiving yards for. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna Devontae Smith as well. Why? You sound you sound like the he sound like the uh, the uh, Giants guy. He's like, leave us alone. He's <laughs> <laughs> a little bit like, leave me the, like, give me a chance to get back into it. But... No, I'm I, I'm I'm picking my picks based on what I think will happen. It's, no, you're no picking game... them after me, so I'm. I'm there's no game it. theory going there's, on here. Phil. It's all good. I'm calling. I'm calling. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> He's picking on me. You go, William first. I am. I realise it's my own fault for going first every time. Rushing yards, Liam. Go on. We need to sandwich you again, as always. Uh, I mean, they're a they're a um, a stout rushing defense team. We only I, th- I don't think we rushed for over 100 yards against them the, when we played the American season. If we did, it was 115, 120 max. Uh, I don't think it's going to be too much dissimilar. I'm going to go for 140. Nick. Uh, it was um, 72 yards we rushed on them. Fucking hell, was way out. Yeah, not much. What did you go for? Sorry. <laughs> for 140. 140. <laughs> I'll go 110. Yeah. Now, why are you going to sandwich me? For no, no, I'm not, because you went way too high. 130. We'll see. 130. Alrighty. Number sacks. Number sacks. Remember, um, it's not hot. Remember, it's not Wentz. Yeah, I've scaled it back from my six slash ten. Although, so we'll probably get ten against him, and he'll be like, "Oh, it wasn't her. It wasn't Wentz. Oh, hold on. Um, I'm just going for three. A modest nice. three. Liam. Seven. <laughs> okay. Mick. Uh. Two. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's more sensible. Um, come to the outside the box, Liam. <laughs> You're just gonna go to everyone first. Aren't you? You're gonna go first. <laughs> Completely outside, random. Outside the box. I'm gonna go for. Four rushing touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> You can't do that. I guess I can. You <laughs> did it last week. Yeah, and you gave me shit for it. So well, yeah, I'm hypocrisy, go for hypocrisy. Thy name is Liam. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go against the grain and oh, well, say well. you were, you were wrong last week because you picked the wrong week. Fuck you, <laughs> fuck you man. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, San Diego. <laughs> go fuck yourself, San Diego. Um, Nick, what's your outside the box? Uh. Hold on, let me see. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> podcast is turning to hysteria. <laughs> Hold on, let me look up a player on the roster. I'll just put them in the top. I think it's well, a mistake t- creating a forfeit because it's just turned this thing into complete <laughs> It's just chaos, isn't it? Um, Pascal, four touchdowns. Or should we just, Liam, should we just take, um, should we just take previous shouts that Phil's made? Oh, 100%. That should be the, the, the format for the rest of this. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Kelsey to catch a pass. <laughs> <laughs> Phil's, Phil's got a, uh, 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 it looks like a pen in his mouth, but it looks like he might need a cigar to replace it. 
No, I'm thinking stabbing myself with this pen because this is just torture. You guys are killing me. <laughs> like, yeah, but the it. ironic thing is, the ironic thing is, you, your picks so far are the most realistic. So, well, to be honest, I think I'm going for one of mix old outside the boxes and a defensive special teams oh, touchdown. Nice. And actually, that's because you basically said it a few minutes ago, and I just went, "Yeah, that sounds like a good one." So go I, I thought that as well when you said it. Okay, nice, very nice. Defensive so, special teams touchdown, I like it. Yes. So comes on to the score prediction for the game. So Mick, what do um, you think the score is going to be on Monday Night Football? Thirty-four ten. Liam? 28-18. Yeah, I've gone for 28 as well, but I've gone for six. Oh, wow. I reckon. I reckon Two field goals. Like yeah. it. Like it a lot. Three safeties. All right, so just to just to recap. That's an outside the box. <laughs> for first touchdown score, Liam has... Liam has? Very person. I have Dallas Goddard. Mick has Sanders. Phil has Devontae Smith. Phil has the Monday Smith from his receiving yards. Mick has AJ Brown. I have Smith as well as Phil. Total rushing yards, 140 says Liam. 110 says Mick. 130 says Phil. Three sacks for Phil. Two for Mick. Seven. God. Seven for me. Outside the box, four rushing touchdowns for Liam, which is madness when I look at my final score, which means we get no... Field goes all game. Kelsey to catch a catch for Mick in the outside of the box and defensive special team touchdown for Phil. 28 to 6 for Phil, 34 to 10 for Mick, and 28 to 18 for myself. All right, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. It's been good. Looking forward to speaking to you guys on Monday night watching the game. We have been the British and Irish Eagles, and we are the next man of podcast. And of course, we love you. I hate you guys. Thank you.